What is going on and welcome to the Power of Progression podcast. I'm your host, John Marone. Thank you very much for joining us on today's episode. And please do not forget to like, subscribe, follow the podcast, write a review, and then share it out to anybody who can take the value from today's episode and put it into their life. But now it is time to help you design the life you've always wanted to live, creating the ultimate version of yourself, and jump into the episode. So let's get it popping. Welcome back to another powerful episode of the Power of Progression podcast. Look, guys, I have something for you guys that you are going to be in store for. It's going to be a treat today because my guest, Cody Jefferson, is somebody I've been following for quite some time, and I want to be able to introduce him the best way possible. So I've been doing some work looking you up, Cody, and uh, watching your stuff, and I want everybody to understand who you are. I'm going to dive deep into your story. Look, guys, Cody has faced addiction in many different areas of his life. He has pushed past all of them and now helps men who misplace their power to get it back. Cody has over 13 years in occupational leadership and team development. He's the CEO of Embrace the Lion and travels across the country speaking and leading tens of thousands of people in many areas from going ahead and help you with your personal empowerment, ditching the victim mentality, team dynamics, physical fitness, relational help, the art of storytelling, power habits, how to structure downlines, the list goes on and on. But last but not least, how to achieve massive success in life through the most extreme of ownership. He's a guy who lives by what he says and truly understands the meaning of being there for yourself and your family so you can help others do the same. He's an extremely strong-willed and intentional man who has some of the most empowering daily habits in his life, creating the success that he has and will continue to have. He states that nothing changes if nothing changes. And most important of all, he is a value-adding, tattooed, guitar-playing, fun-loving, authentic family man who's here to kick your ass into taking action to live your best life. My man, Cody, what is going on today? Bro, that was like the most comprehensive (laughs) intro that I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, the, the research yeah. deep into like the website, into content. Great job, man. I, I appreciate it. These people need to know who my guests are. And, and you have, uh, uh, you know, when I go deep, when sometimes I look at a website and it's like one line, then I got to go deep into their Instagram. But since I follow you and I know your story, it was, it was actually pretty easy and it's a remarkable story. So I appreciate you jumping in today and taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, jump on here and add some value to my guests or to, to my audience. Yeah, man. It's a, uh, listen, it's, it's an honor to be here. I followed you as well. I love watching your growth and what you're building and what you've built already. Um, just here and really, really excited to, in whatever way we can add value to, to your audience, to your listeners, and hopefully help convert some pain to power. Yes. Converting to pain to power. That's going to be a big topic today. First off, before we get into things, I found out through a Facebook video that you, my friend, play a little bit of a guitar there, and uh, you're not too bad. I, I, I want to know, before I deep into the, the, the addiction part, you said you played for 10 years in, in a band? So, so I've been playing guitar and piano since I was eight, and throughout my entire 20s, that whole decade, so I was in occupational leadership for 12 years through ministry. And in the midst of all of that, I was also a professional touring musician. So I was in several different worship bands. I was also in several different, what we'd call like bar country bands. So traveling, uh, playing a lot of covers, you know, things that people want to hear. And then also 
leading some really large scale events, speaking and uh, singing, playing electric guitar, piano. Yeah, man. So that's cool. Fun season. That that's awesome. And I, I had to ask that question when I saw that that video, and you look like a. A little baby face and everything. There was no beard. It was, it was, no beard. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. All right, let, let's give a little bit insight of, of your journey here. Let, let's kind of go way back to your upbringing, right? Your, your, your teenage years. Give the audience a little insight of, of who Cody was growing up and what your environment was like. Cool. Yeah, so I was raised in a single parent household. So my dad raised me from like end of fourth grade up and was partnered with uh, my grandparents. So my grandparents did a lot of raising us as well because my dad worked a lot. Um, but growing up, especially through my teenage years, I, I didn't really fit in anywhere, right? Like I was the guy who traveled from group to group to group to group to group. A lot of that had to do with insecurities from, you know, maybe feeling abandoned as a child or not having the same exact upbringing. Uh, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, so we weren't particularly affluent. So I, you know, I grew up, I say I grew up in a single bedroom trailer, sharing a bed uh, with, my, with my brother and my dad up until uh, my middle school years. And so always comparing myself to what other people had. And I was an insecure kid, right? I had acne through high school, I was huge. I graduated at four foot 11, weighing 98 pounds. And people ask me like, well, how did you know? How do you even know that? I was a wrestler. So wrestling is all about weight. And so I can tell you from fifth grade up what I weighed each year. <laughs> and so I was a smaller guy. And because of that, and because of not having all the really cool, shiny things that everyone else had, I started to become addicted, even in high school, to affirmation, mm. right? becoming addicted to being the guy who was always the center of attention, doing everything for anyone. Because as long as I, like I was equating my value with worth and this, this started back, you know, in middle school, like, what can I do for you? I don't care if it's good, bad, indifferent, legal, illegal, whatever I can do so that I'm in, so that I feel loved, so that I feel that somebody has my back. And obviously that grows and grows and grows as we reach adulthood pushing into being in ministry for 12 years, loving that season of life, but having to walk away from that ultimately, one, because of my own spiritual progression, but two, and the biggest piece was that I was so addicted to being useful. I was the yes man. I did everything for everyone. I worked 60, 70 hours a week. I put my job above my family because it's God and God comes first, but my job is God. And so where does the balance fall? And really feeling needed, like telling my family, you don't understand, like they need me. I'm, I'm their pastor. Like, this is what I have. This is my call. You want to go against my call in life, right? You just need to understand. Couple that with a lot of family dynamics in the background, having family members struggling with their own addictions, having to always be the one who manages all of that, manages, you know, different family members through different events. It got to the point where I was also studying towards my master's in theology that I developed a very, very closet addiction to alcohol. And at night, it wasn't that I was trying to booze it up all the time. It was that I couldn't slow down enough. And so it was the only way to, to fall asleep. It was the only way to turn it off. It was the only way to numb myself and to deal with holding space for so many different people and having so much emotional weight on my shoulders. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that feeling like you're the person that everyone's counting on and you start to relate and to define your worth 
by the value you're adding to other people. And in our space, it can become very, very uh, predictable and common as well, which is one of the things that I help people through is really stepping back and saying, okay, if you can't help yourself, you can't, you damn sure can't help anyone else. And so that what's funny is it started for me in childhood. It starts for all of us in childhood. All yeah. of us. I, I, I agree. And, and see, growing up, it seems like, you know, like you said, you were trying to look for that acceptance and, and it just grew and grew as you got older. But victim versus victor mentality. I mentioned it in your intro. Tell us a little bit more about what were the things you said to yourself when you were that victim mentality versus how did you change it? And, and what are the things you say now? Because I'm a huge believer, Cody, that look, we are, our life is proportionate to the questions we ask ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that you probably are asking yourself the wrong questions and maybe my listeners are as well right now. So maybe when you say, look, I was asking myself this, this, and that, they're going to say, shit, I ask myself that all the time. That's a wrong mentality. And then tell them a way to change it. Yeah. That's a really, really powerful question. I, one I've not been asked before. So that's a good on you because I think this is such a fundamental question. So early on, everything was defined by, will they like me? Will they love me? Will they accept me? Will I be enough? Will this work? Will I fail? Right? And so we play safe in a box because our ego, which is just our perceptive reality that tries to keep us safe, the voice in our head, right? It's not actually us. It's just all of our collected memories. But it serves to keep you safe because that's, that, that's the function of the brain, right? Path of least resistance. It's why we play small so many times. That's why, we, that's why we stay in relationships that aren't healthy. It's why we stay in patterns and habits that aren't healthy. Mm. Because while it's not useful, it's predictable. It's manageable. Right? And so for me, I was baselining all of my identity, all of my worth around, okay, is this going to, am I going to feel validated? Am, am I going to be loved? And what you find is it's one dopamine hit and then it's gone and you're back to the same insecurities because you're baselining your entire self-worth off of what will other people think of me? And I find this to be so true with everyone that I work with. Everybody wants to make more money. Everybody wants to make more impact. Everybody wants to make more influence. And what we have to get down to is why, 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 why? For so many, because we haven't, we haven't learned to value ourselves. It's because I want to know that I'm worth something. I want to know that I'm enough. I want them to see that I'm valuable. I want people to see that who I am, like, right? Like, and so for me, this, the flip, the flip happened all in an instant. And so my whole world came crashing down about three and a half years ago. Uh, I went through a, a very public divorce because I'm a public, you know, it's a public figure. I, I lost several family members, all unrelated. Uh, two or three were like, very brutal murders. Lost my best friend of 18 years, lost my mentor of 12 years, went through sepsis, almost died unconscious for three days. 106 fever because the stress of having to carry all of that lead all those funerals because I'm the pastor lead, lead my family funerals lead. And this isn't a woe is me. It's just a reality of what, what was and trying to manage playing the perfect role. And a lot of you're listening to, you know, you got it. You got to live up to that story you're sharing on Instagram and Facebook. You got to live up to that public figure you're trying to be. Mm -hmm. 
man. Like, and my, and it wasn't that like I mentally couldn't, cause I can play that game. My body was like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I'm out. And so I dropped about 124, 126 pounds, long rebuild. And it was in that season that I said, you know what, I, I just, I can't do this anymore. I was in counseling. I was in counseling three times a week. And I just came to the realization that, you know what, it's not that I'm doing anything that's so bad. By this time, I wasn't drinking anymore. I was just completely at the end of my own rope. And it was a rope that I had woven together. Yes. Right? And I put it around my own neck. And it got to the point where, okay, are you going to go ahead and string yourself up? Or are you going to learn how to take this off? And so for me, I walked away from my position. There was no great fallout, nothing like that. No like immoral things happened, nothing. I just couldn't do it anymore, man. And so I walked away. I walked away from the patterns and the habits that were destructive, the patterns that were not useful. I aligned myself. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew my call was to help people, but in a way that served the people who were ready to help themselves. Because so many times in the, in, the, in the field that I was in, we served to help people still kind of stay small, right? Well, yeah, but you're still this, right? Well, you're still essentially, you know, you were born into sin and you're a sinner and, you know, we're going to help you get the best you can. And it's a really convoluted way to say that. And I don't mean that in a dishonoring way. It's just, dude, I was in the game for 12 years. Uh, this is not a cynical statement. We just allow people to stay small. We allow people, you know, just take it one day at a time. You're going to be fine. Oh, you're good. You're, and just a lot of pats on the back. And you're just by the grace of God. Just stay and wait. Just wait. Just trust. And while that's all well and good for a season, it's like, listen, I understand that you're waiting for God to give you some crazy ability to walk on water. And that's what you're waiting for. Like you're waiting, 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 waiting. Meanwhile, guy beside you realizes that God has given him the ability to build a boat with the wood around him, and he's going to sail his ass across that sea. And so I work with people who are ready to build the boat. That, that's, that's crucial because I think it's, you know, you talked about it, people who are ready, people who are ready. And Cody, in, in our field, we get a lot of people that hit us up, right? A lot of people. And right. I want you guys to listen to this. Sure. Cody, myself, and a lot of other, you know, people out there that help people and add value to people, we get a lot of messages and there's seven levels of change. And it sucks for us to try to help every single person. So we ask for a bigger commitment on that end because we're putting out a huge commitment. You had a tragedy hit you, brother, over and over and over again for you to stop being addicted to acceptance. You were addicted to it and you had a tragedy hit you over and over and over again. What I don't want is my listeners to have that uh, wait for a tragedy Absolutely not. It's like being grateful, right? I tell everybody, like, why are you waiting for a school to get blown up, your friend to die, all this shit to happen? That's a tragedy for you to be grateful and two weeks later stop. So I'm curious to know like, what systems or processes, tools that they could put in their life to go ahead and, and not wait for that tragedy to happen, to be addicted to accept, you know, to being accepted. Is there anything they could put into their life right now to make that shift immediately because it is a wear and tear on not just you mentally, but as seen with you, your body, you know, it's, it's yeah. huge. It, I just want people to have a tool to go home and say, I am addicted to acceptance and I need to stop this. This is how I do it. 
Well, and we live in a culture that gratifies social acceptance, right? Yes. How many shares, how many, how many comments, how many clicks, how many yeah. followers, right? And so we have bred into this, uh, this new narrative that you're only as valuable as your social platform. And that's true for everyone. Everyone's parading around a picture-perfect version of their lives. Meanwhile, just completely broken on the back end of it, right? And I don't believe anyone's broken. I believe there's brokenness in our lives, but I don't believe anybody's broken. I don't believe anybody's bad. I don't believe anybody's born into any type of condemnation. I just don't believe that for a second. And so what we have to understand, one of the biggest shifts for me, and I think one of the biggest shifts for the people I work with is understanding time. So time doesn't actually exist. And this is gonna sound really woo for a second, but we have our past. And our, our past isn't real. It's real to us because we perceive it, right? But the past does nothing more than give us a baseline of our identity. It's, it's all of our collected experiences and the things done to us, for us, through us, by us, the ways in which we've been raised, our cultural identity, uh, our socioeconomical, our, everything that's happened to us, our relational identity, right? It's not real. It's not true. But a belief, if uh, all a belief is, is a thought that we hold captive long enough that it becomes true to us. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's relatively true. You're in an abusive relationship for 10 years. Somebody's talking down to you for 10 years. That's not true, but it's a belief that's been spoken over you so long that you hold it as truth, yes. right? And that's why so many people get into broken patterns and repeat broken habits and patterns is because their past has justified their experiences and it's all they know and it's a baseline of their reality. So because they haven't developed new habits, which I'll talk about in a second, they never move forward. So we live in our past, which gives us our identity. We create victim narratives, we play small, we say, well, this is just how my parents were, this is how I was raised, this was the cap for me financially, somebody said I couldn't do this, it wasn't possible for me, I'm always gonna be fat, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna be broke, I'm always gonna be, an idiot, I'm always going to make poor decisions, I'm always gonna be in broken relationships. People speak that over you, and if you think of your mind as this vast forest, these are seeds of thought that you allowed to grow into a tree of belief, and it is up to you, if I can get a little scriptural for a second, to uproot, overthrow, and destroy those to then to build and to plant new seeds of growth and of potential. And on the flip side, we'll spend way too much time in the future, like, well, give me, give me 10 years right? Give me 10 years, then I'm going to be sexual. Give me till January 1st, and I'm going to start over. January 1st, like, let me just get through this year, but January 1st. So we look to the future as some sort of escape, some sort of, this is where the end game is, some sort of salvation. Neither of those planes exist. All that exists is today, right? Your past didn't happen in the past. Your, ha your past happened today. You just remember it in a way that serves your ideas and your thoughts and your beliefs. Your future is nothing more than a collection of today. So one of the things that I recognize in my own life and that I help others recognize that I hope your listeners will recognize is that who you want to become, you got to figure out who that is. And it's not who everyone said you were going to be. It's not every, it's not all your collected experiences. You get to decide today who you are going to become. And you need to look at yourself in the mirror like I do every single morning and all of my clients do and says, what needs to die in me to become the man or woman I said I would be? Woo! And to write that down 
and say, okay, I'm, you know what? This isn't a someday. This isn't a next year. This isn't a five years from now. I am stepping into that reality today. I am that person. I am not the person that I was yesterday because that person doesn't exist. I'm going to redefine who I am. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to shoulders back, head up, eyes straight, become that person today because there is no tomorrow. Tomorrow is just another today. So today I become that person and I put the patterns, habits. I don't need to worry about tomorrow. If I can do the things that I say that I'm going to do today, that will compound, right? And so for me, it is waking up early. It's waking up and taking a breath. You breathed today. That's a win. Your yeah. heart is beating. That's a win. You can see. That's a win. You are able. That's a win. You're listening to this podcast with ears that function. That's a win. So and so we wake up with gratitude. And for me, that was the baseline of changing everything is recognizing I'm alive. I've got air in my lungs. I've got potential right in front of me. And I'm going to do something with it. I'm not going to play small anymore because if all I have is today, what's the point of playing? What's the, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of my own like self-limiting expectations. I'm afraid of failing. Am I afraid of what somebody's going to think on social media who really doesn't give a shit about me because they're too worried about worrying what I think about them. <laughs> so I'm going to get today. I'm gonna meditate, which means that I'm gonna raise myself above the voice in my head that is the ego to the true self, which is the listener. Yeah. And I am going to minimize the voices in my head and I'm going to remain calm. I'm gonna create safe space to simply exist in gratitude. I'm gonna text three people this morning that I haven't talked to in a while. Just tell them that I love them and I appreciate them. I'm going to read because I believe that I was given a mind of expansive possibilities. So I'm going to read and I'm going to journal. And then once I journal, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to implement that into my day. I grab my planner. I say, okay, where am I implementing this? I jot that down. I look over my day. I start to visualize it, visualize the conversations, visualize this podcast that we're on today, because I know that there's a call on my life, just like every listener needs to understand there's a call on your life to do amazing and great things. And the only thing that's holding you back is your belief in your ability to walk that out every day. And I'm here to tell you if I can, if the people I lead can, if the people that John leads can, you can. Yeah, woo, man. I'll tell you what, bro. I, I knew there's gonna be fire coming. I am on the edge of my seat and, and I sit down doing these podcasts. I stand up doing my, you know, when I'm getting interviewed and I am literally right now fired the fuck up right now because you are spitting nothing but the truth and man, that is good. Let's go. Woo. And, and the best part is amongst all that, guys, I hope you took notes because he gave you actionable things on what to do to help you with your gratitude because you don't do it just to check the box off. You don't do it just because successful people leave clues and they do it. You do it with a purpose behind it and you do it with, he said it, belief, with belief. Uh, so that's the big thing right there, changing implementing gratitude into your life, huh? That's, that's the, the first thing you did to make that shift, huh? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Because when you understand that fear, complacency, uh, comparison cannot live where gratitude lives. Mm -hmm. So when you fill your life with gratitude, understanding the immense appreciation for what is around you, well, now you have the ability to expand. Yeah. 
because now you're not worried about all the things that you have because you're grateful. So you can focus on the things that you desire. And what's funny is once you start to implement gratitude, your desires change. All the things you thought you wanted that were simply material, they just vanish, right? And those things are fun. I'm a, I was, I'm a big fan of stuff, right? I like things. You like nice more, suits? I like nice suits. I like nice cars. I like, I love my house. I love being able to provide for my kids in any way that they need not to create entitlement or like they're owed something. But because I know that is, is as much as my father loves me, so I should love my kids. And as much as my father gives to me, I should give to my kids. Right. And so I said, so I, I want to do everything I can to set that example. I wake up every morning and I give thanks because my kids are breathing. Thing you don't know about me is I got married earlier this year. My my wife, she has a nine year old who is is I mean I call her my daughter. She's got special needs. She's got cerebral palsy, uh, an autism spectrum disorder, and a severe seizure disorder. She could legitimately have a seizure in the middle of the night and not wake up. That will spin gratitude for you. And you know what she you know what she says every single night. What's that? She said it was a great day, Dad. Tomorrow's going to be an even better day. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. I got chills right now. This is a kid, this is a kid who fights to walk. Oh, this is a kid who yesterday when we went to the park and hung out, I had to give her a piggyback ride back to our, our car because her legs were giving out. And the whole ride home, it was just, man, that was the best day. That was a great adventure. Yeah. Understand, listener, wherever you are right now, you are blessed. And if you want to change an outcome in your life, there, listen, there are events that we cannot change. There are events that you can't change in your life, things that have been, been done to you. There are ways in which you have been treated that you cannot change. And there are events currently in your life that you can't change. But what you can change is your response. And when you can objectively look at the responses that you are, that you are habitually having, the ways in which you are staying stuck, and the people that you are surrounding yourself with, the voices that you are allowing into your head and into your space, if you can change your response, you will change your outcome. Man. Guys, if you, you need to be listening, taking notes, I got chills sitting over here. And, and, and I appreciate you first off, brother, for being vulnerable with that story. I, I know it's not easy. And be, be honest with you, her story needs to wake up a lot of people. And it's unfortunate, once again, a tragedy like that has to wake people up. And that's why I hope this podcast allows people to never allow a tragedy to wake them up and be in gratitude and just walk in it, talk in it, and believe in it every single day and become, become the person that you want to become, become the person that you are put on this earth to become. Yeah. But guess what, guys? You're going to endure some shit to get there. I always talk about the process I put in place to help you endure some things. And he talked about it as well. Write it down. Write down the things you're going to have to endure in order to become the person you're supposed to become. We are not human beings. We are human becomings. And it's the most phenomenal, phenomenal thing in the world. But you're taking advantage of the word human being and you're staying stagnant, comfortable, when really the beauty is in an uncomfortableness. It really is in going ahead and, and suffering through some things that you may think you're suffering through. But Cody, man, you said something a few minutes ago about got to find your why. Right? You got to find your purpose. You, you, you need to find it. And I'm a believer in that a hundred percent. I was in jail and, and I, I had no idea what my purpose was. I get out, I live in a motel, no idea what my purpose was. And a lot of things happened through addiction and, and homeless and still yeah. no idea what my purpose was. And it took a tragedy of me almost losing my life during a hurricane for me to really realize what 
at least be on the path. I didn't know right then and there, but be on the path. It goes back to stop waiting for a tragedy. I don't want anybody else to wait for a tragedy to find yeah. their purpose. Yeah. What do you suggest they do? Because they may be sitting there like, dude, I get it. I just don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Right? It's a question I was asked myself. I don't know my purpose. What does Cody tell him to do to find that thing so it's so powerful? Yeah. So I, I think of a few, few things. Like, what do you love? Like, I, I say it in a, in, a, in a way that some people look at me a little interesting because when I meet people, I don't immediately say, well, what do you do? Because some people don't love what they do currently. And so that's a really hard conversation. At, well, I do this. Right. So for me, well, one, let's be grateful for the, the position that allows you to provide food and shelter for your family and for yourself. Like, let's be grateful for that. It's a stepping stone and you have to see it as a stepping stone. And so you give everything you can to that stepping stone, not because you're just so hell bent on getting out of it, but because in order for you to become the person that you say that you are, it starts with gratitude. Yeah. And so for me, I say, okay, what do you love? Right? When I meet people, I say, hey, my name's Cody. Well, hey, Cody. I say, so what makes your soul come alive? Catches people off guard because it's so used to be asked, what, what do you do? What makes your soul come alive? What makes you come alive? What makes your soul dance? Yeah. And what are the ta- what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you do? Like, what can you do? What talents do you have? What do you want to do? And based on, then across from that is, how can it impact others? Right? Like, how can it impact others? And at the intersection of all of those things, you're bound to find your why. And so for me, I'll ask somebody, okay, well, why do you do what you do? And I'll ask them eight, nine, ten more times until we can get down to the very root, right? Why do I do what I do? Because at the core of who I am as a human becoming, I believe relentlessly in the untapped potential of, of people. That's it, man. In my kids, in my, in my wife, in myself, in the people that I serve, I believe in potential. And that's why I do what I do. I believe that like, your story is not over. It might be time to, to start a new chapter. It might be time for you to take the damn pen back. You've let everybody else write your story for you. Woo! Man, that right there. But you've got the potential and you've got a story and you've got a way in which you can write and a penmanship about you that people want to read. Take the pen back, people. Take the pen back and write your story. That is gold. If you guys aren't taking notes, I don't know what the hell you're doing because this is straight fire, Cody. I appreciate it. Let's talk about habits for a second. And I'm a believer in two things. One, that show me your rituals and I'll show you your future. And then the most important four hours of our day are the two when we first wake up and then the two before we go to sleep. I know you have empowering habits that you are strict on. Give us a quick little glimpse. You kind of mentioned it before, but quick little glimpse of what does your day look like to be productive, to win the day, you know, the first two hours. And what do you do the last two hours to go ahead and prepare for the next day? Yeah. So I wake up typically around 345 every morning. I don't say that everybody has to wake up that early. Do your thing. Listen, maybe wake <laughs> up an hour earlier to start this. I'm not, well, Cody wakes up at 345. I'm out. <laughs> like, I podcast just, exit yeah I, I like waking up early I'm a morning person I'm a guy who wakes up and I have a lot of energy that's different than a lot of people so I recognize that you know especially people that I work with they're like dude that's not gonna happen for me okay cool well, let's just wake up an hour earlier right like let's let's start somewhere and I think for the for, for you listeners one thing that's so important about developing habits is I'm gonna list off my morning ritual and routine that doesn't mean it needs to be yours right now start with one thing 
Do that for a couple weeks. Get consistent. Throw another thing in. Then throw another thing in. Don't try to eat the whole elephant at once because what's going to happen is you're going to become overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be fun. Your brain is going to override your heart and say, this is not the path of least resistance. Get your ass back in bed. (laughs) I can sleep. So for me, I wake up, gratitude. I lean over, I kiss my wife on the forehead and tell her that I love her. I drink uh, around 20 to, to 30 ounces of water. I go down and I meditate. And so I meditate for 15 minutes, sometimes longer, but typically 15 minutes. From there, I speak affirmations about my day. What is my day going to look like? And these are also uh, not only affirmations, but they're also me speaking into the day in terms of um, not necessarily projecting, um, but what's the word I'm looking for? Speak something into your day. You are manifesting. Kind of. Yeah, I guess manifesting is a good word. So I'm speaking over my day. I'm saying how it's going to go. From there, I go into some quiet time for myself and personal development. So reading, journaling, and then moving over to my calendar and saying, okay, because I do my weekly planning on Sunday nights, so I already have my week planned out. I know my calls. I know what I'm doing. But if we're not careful, we can get so focused in the week and in our business, if you're an entrepreneur, that we don't think 30,000 feet, how am I working on things? How am I working on my relationship? How am I working on my personal development? How am I working on my physical health? So for me, I look at my day and I say, okay, what three things am I going to move the needle forward in today? And so I put those things at the top of my list. I don't need to do any more. I don't need to do any less. I need to do these three things to stay consistent and to meet my goals, which means that I have to set goals every quarter so that I know what I'm moving toward. You can throw a rock and hit the broad side of a barn. That's not a hard thing to do. But to draw a circle that's a foot in diameter and to stand back, well, now we, now it's a little harder to hit. We have to have a plan. We have to practice. We have to have certain routines and rituals in place. I got to get up 30 minutes and practice throwing this rock. And so knowing what I'm throwing towards. And so I write those three things down and then visualize. I visualize my day. That's the word I was looking for. I visualize my day. I look and I say, okay, this is what, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to be. I leave my, uh, my phone in my office uh, at, at this point in time. I'll do maybe some rebounding in terms of like jumping on a little trampoline or maybe I'll go for a walk in my neighborhood just to get some endorphins flowing. And then I wake my kiddos up. And so kids wake up. I'm a big breakfast. Like we're big on breakfast in this house. And so I cook breakfast every morning, bacon, eggs, pancakes, waffles. Like we do the whole gamut every single morning away and we're at the table together as a family, uh, my wife, everybody just eating. And talking about our day, visualizing the kids' days, making sure that we're speaking over them on top of it. It's funny, like most of the time we grab our phones first thing when we wake up. And by the time we're at breakfast, we're either grabbing it and going because we're in a hurry, we're not intentional. Or we all sit at the table while the kids eat like cereal, which is it's fine if you eat cereal, it's not a big deal. We just don't do a lot of sugar in our house for various different reasons. But you're on your phone, you're thinking about your day, you're already, like, you're already planning out what's going to happen when you get in the office, you're already stressed out, and meanwhile your kids are like, I don't care about what's going to in the office, can I tell you about what's going to happen today? It's like crazy hat day, can I tell you? Mm-hmm. Listen, hold on, i got to answer this email real quick. So we're very, very, we're very mindful that nothing is at the table outside of conversation. You'd be amazed at how much kids will talk if you'll just 
let them. And after that, take the kids to school. I start my day, work through around four o'clock. Four o'clock, we go pick kids up. We go to the gym. Kids have various exercises and activities that they're doing from tutoring, Spanish to gymnastics, karate. And at night, we eat dinner together as a family. We put the kids, the kids get their baths or showers, put them down, hugs and kisses every single night. And then actually the last two hours of my evening are all about my wife. That's it. Amazing. It all is- about my wife. Can't be about anything else. I, I, because I wake up early, that is my on the business during the day, in the business and on the business. When that four o'clock hits and after dinner time, don't text me, don't call me. I'll get to you tomorrow. It's family time. And we, we protect that to the point where actually my phone stays in my office at night. Like I don't bring my phone to the bedroom. I know it does. And that is what I want to talk about. Guys, first of all, you hear how structured he is? You have to realize that structure creates freedom. As crazy as that shit sounds, Absolutely. structure creates freedom in so many different equities. But you talked about your phone. And yeah. you and I had talked before and you're like, hey, man, put my phone away. And it's actually going to be in the office. And I just honestly, most people think that's crazy. I just found it so uh, amazing. And, and I just found it um, empowering for, for me and, and what I need to be doing. We are addicted to our phones. We are addicted to our phones for so many reasons. And like you said, if you have kids, and even if not, you just have a wife or a husband, we miss the amazing, magical moments in front of us from them picking up the spoon for the first time, them saying a word, them just making this face that you've never seen them make before, or their wife doing something or husband doing something that you were just face down in that phone. And I applaud you so much for putting the phone down. And there's study after study, guys. We're not going to go into it, but disconnecting to reconnect with what's around you is, is so crucial for everyday life and future. How, like what struggles did you have? If my listeners want to go ahead and do that, cause you all should, what struggles did you have? What should they be aware of and how do they get around it? And getting rid of the phone is literally one of the biggest addictions in this universe right now. And I need you to tell people cause you've done it and you've stuck to it. I'm telling you guys, he's stuck to it. I'm not shitting you. He has stuck to it. I tried to try to slide back into his DM and everything, and he didn't, he didn't budge. So I applaud you for that. I respect you, more importantly for that. But I need you to tell them how the hell you did it and what they could do to do the same thing to get that quality life. Yeah, so I could really paint a really cool picture of myself and make you think I'm a complete badass and that I'm just this walking beacon of (laughs) amazing habits that I think of on myself. So this was actually prompted by my wife because my phone was in the bedroom. And because of the nature of what I do, I I get texts, I get messages on Facebook, I get emails 24-7, right? Like we're talking hundreds of messages every single day that I have that, that, that we comb through. And that's, I listen, that's, it's an honor. I'm honored that people want to share their journey with me and that, that I have such amazing clients uh, and people that, that I serve. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. My wife, grateful as well, but also a little fed up with the fact that, dude, your phone is, and I can turn it over right? To where it's not constantly notifying and I can turn off the notifications, but it's still going off. Some things still light up. And because it's there, I'm constantly thinking about it, right? Like, well, I wonder, oh God, like, did somebody email? I just, can I check real quick? Like you went to the bathroom real fast. I'm going to check real fast. (laughs) I'll be rolled over. I'm going to go ahead and grab it real quick. Oh, shit. 
And that is so true. First off, everybody, you guys know we, we do that. And, and that's why I'm laughing. It. We all do we it. Justify the hell out of it, man. Yeah. And so, well, you were doing this. So I just thought when well, you were reading, I thought you would care. Right? <laughs> and so it was hard. And it wasn't so hard to, to leave the phone in the office. What was hard was coming face to face with just how much time I was spending on my phone and just how distracted I was and just how much time I was keeping from my wife because my phone was in the bedroom and how absent I was when my phone was at a dinner table. I didn't have to be on my phone at a dinner table, but I'd be thinking about it. And so out of sight, out of mind really does come into play once you can create a habit. They say 21 days, uh, they say 30 days, who knows? But I know if you do it long enough, it will become less and less and less of a driver. Um, we all look for dopamine, right? And that's all we're looking for is, is a dopamine hit, a way to feel that rush, right? And so if you can replace that with, genuine conversation being as if what if you were as excited about hearing about your spouse's day as you were five fucking likes on your last picture <laughs> right like what if you were as excited about listening to your five-year-old talk about their day as you were that your last piece of content was shared by somebody who just does not get like they're not even in your sphere of reality in terms of your day-to-day -day life I think that we, you know, so many times we sacrifice our family on the altar of our self-perceived importance. And so for me and for you, listener, you're going to have to decide that the pain of what you're missing out on the people in front of you is greater than your need to feel affirmation, validation, and to be liked, commented, and shared on. I get it. I listen, I, I, I'm in the, I'm in the development space. I'm what you would call quote unquote, like a social media influencer, right? Like I hang with all the cool people in the little cool clicks, whatever. <laughs> like, at the end of the day though, they're not going to bed with me or they're not anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the most crucial. important people we have are the ones in front of us. I just think that lesson itself can be just on replay and over and over again. It, you know, let, let me tell you something real quick, Cody. So I have, I have the same issue, right? And I, I disconnect in the morning. I don't touch my phone. I have a pretty good morning. Now my, my baby's asleep. My wife is asleep. I have a very strong morning. And at night I disconnect to a certain extent. But when I don't, we use trigger words in our house, right? Yeah. So if I'm on my phone, my wife says Topanga. <laughs> and that just basically means get the fuck off your phone. Yeah. Be here in the present moment. That means, that means, boy, it's time to meet the world. Yeah. <laughs> she hadn't even thought about it. Boom. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. But I think even that, man, it, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. I, I think that, that type of trigger shouldn't be there because really, even though she's saying it, it still brings some kind of friction. So I, I agree with you. Out of sight, out of mind might be the best bet. Whatever it takes, go though, guys. I mean, definitely do it. It's, it's a game changer. It changed my life in the morning. And I do disconnect at night because if I'm on it, um, you know, then I go ahead and wake up in the morning. I was literally on it in the last 10 minutes before I shut down for the night. The first thing I go for my phone. Well, and, and listeners understand this. 
because you're going to be listening to this and maybe you're getting some value out of it, which is amazing. That's why we do these things. But understand you listening to this and shouting amen and giving it to your spouse to listen to, be like, you just need to listen to this right now. <laughs> That's not the action. You hearing about daily habits and saying, yes, yes, I got to do that. That's not the action. You posting on Facebook that you're going to start daily habits is not the action. You mm -hmm. posting that you're going to lose weight is not the action. The action is today taking a step toward that reality, actually putting your phone in another room, actually, actually giving face-to-face -face conversations a try, right? Actually going to the gym, actually clearing out your refrigerator, actually creating a budget, which is scary for a lot of people, actually going all in on the endeavor that you feel passionate about. Like you can opt into all the webinars and freebies and checklists and PDFs that you want. You can jump into master classes and, and master courses and one-to-one -one coaching and group coaching as long as the day isn't feel like that dopamine hit of making an investment was actually the work and it's not. You have to put the phone down. You have to make things a priority. It's action. Yes. Massive, aggressive, annoying action daily. We live in this information porn world. Like let's get out of that. And let's create an implementation porn world. And that's what this whole podcast is about. I'm super curious, man. You're, you're a man of faith. At the end of your day, right, you're, you're going to meet him or her, um, but you're going to go up to the pearly white gates. I'm so intrigued to figure out and, and wonder, what do you want him or her to say to you? What do you want God to say? Ooh, that's a great, that's a great question. It's not so much about what I want God or whatever your perception of God or deity or spiritual higher power is. I don't, for me, it's not about what they say hmm. because it, it spiritually, what I believe to be true is that grace, whatever that is, is far bigger than our collective assumptions or anything that we perceive that we could do wrong. I don't think that if a heaven exists, if a deity exists to welcome us into that heaven, that there's going to be anything other than your home. And I have loved you before I ever created you. I know that you had some rough patches in this journey that was very, very temporal. But you're home now. So for me, it's, that's the only thing that's ever going to be said. Now, what I want to see, what I'm, what, what I'm pushing for, is to come face to face with the me that was my full potential and it to be a mirror. I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know that hell exists outside of, outside of anything other than a belief. Uh, I don't know. I do know that I, it, it, I've been to hell here. Mm -hmm. I do know that we create our own versions of hell. And to me, hell would be coming face to face with the man that I could have been had I not made excuses and been afraid. The biggest regret, man. Biggest regret is seeing the experiences you could have. Yep. Uh, seeing the relationships you could have had, the impact you could have made, the money you could yeah. have made. Um, yeah. And that, that's amazing. That is amazing. I love the way you put it. Um, I, I appreciate the vulnerability too. It's not always an easy question and, and I appreciate it. Let's switch things up and get into some fun real quick because this is the point in time of the show, brother, where put you on your toes a little bit. All right. So I'm going to say four words, okay. one at a time. I want you to think the top of your head, whatever comes to mind. I mean, it could be a, a picture that you visualize. It could be a sentence, a phrase, a word back. I'm going to okay. give you four words, one at a time. Tell me what you think of right away. Sound good? All right. All right. First one's going to be fear. Crutch. Mm. Success. Ooh. Uh, gratitude. Failure. Opportunity. 
Hustle. Overrated. <laughs> Bombs are dropped. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it, brother. Thank you so much. Guys, this is a point of the show where, let's again, if you haven't been taking notes, you're absolutely crazy and not in a good way, the ones that changed the world. But you need to be putting pen to paper here because he's dropping tons of value. But this is where he gives you three, three pieces of value, three uh, nuggets that are going to change your world. But more importantly, Cody, the whole point of this whole entire podcast is to help people be better today than they were yesterday with actionable tools so they can implement every single day, but immediately when this episode is over. So tell them what are the three things in no particular order in any equity of life that they could do immediately in order to be better today than they were yesterday. I got my pen and paper ready, by the way. <laughs> this is good. Decide who you choose to become and become that person today. And what I mean by that is write down all, all of the things that you believe to be true about yourself, everything, every, what you would perceptively say good and bad. I don't believe in good and bad. I believe in useful and not useful. Write down everything, all of it. Everything that you've been told, every limiting belief that you have, every way in which you've perceptively been hurt that you feel forms an identity for you. And what I want you to do is I want you to scratch through those perceptive ideals of identity that no longer serve you. And I want you to write a new list of who you are. And I want you to write a list of all of the attributes that you know inside of you that you possess that you haven't let out yet. And I, what I want you to do, and this is not affirmations, because affirmations can be tricky sometimes because we're trying to convince ourselves that we're something we're not, right? Mm. Like, I don't ever say, I'm a man, because I just know I am, right? For me to say, I'm a woman, would be me trying to convince myself. So there's a surety and a knowingness about this that has to supersede our own ideologies of convincing ourselves. So I want you to put this paper where you can see it. And I want you to say, this is who I am. This is not who I'm becoming. This is not who I want to be. This is who I am. And where your head and your heart align, well, now we can make our hands move toward that reality. But it happens today. And I want you to step into that reality today. How do you feel? How do you dress? What kind of job do you hold? What's your potential? What circle of influence do you hang around with? Those are the questions that are going to help propel you forward. Second, it's, the last, it's Q4, baby. It's the last quarter of 2018. We've got, I think, 97 days left in this year. What do you want and why do you want it? So I want you to make a list of what do you want over the last 97 days? And they've got to be quantifiable. It's not like I want to lose weight. Well, what does that mean? Mm. Right? How much? Why? Tie it to a strong why. Because so many of us wait until a New Year's resolution to make some sort of productive change in our life. And I'm here to tell you, if you're waiting until a day, you're never going to make change because change starts today, not someday. So what do you want and why? Because if you'll tie it to a strong enough why, you will take the action. Okay? So what do you want? I want to make more money. Cool. I'll send you a dollar in the mail. Like, <laughs> How much money? Why? How are you going to give back? How are you going to invest? What are you paying off? Why do you want that money? How's it going to make you feel? What are the objectives behind it? This is the relationship I want. Why? Serving others or is it serving you? Is it an ego play or is it truly out of love? And then how do you move toward it? And then lastly, take action. I want you to buy a planner if you don't have one. If you don't feel like a planner is in your best interest because it's just too confusing for you, then buy a spiral notebook or a composition book. And I want you to map out your day every single day. I want on the left side you to write out every single hour of the day for the next 97 
days. And at the top of that page, I want three things, one in three different areas of life that you are working toward to meet the goals that you set in the previous challenge that I just gave you. Who are you becoming and why? What are you going to do and why? And then how are you going to map it out and then take action. And when you do that, what would be really cool, because you're going to get this after the 97 days, so I don't know exactly when this podcast is going to launch, but here's what I know. You can count backwards from December 31st and let me know how many days you do have left and go from there. And what you can do now is I want you to write that down on a piece of paper. I want you to post it on Instagram and your Insta story to make it public, let it be known, tag me, tag John. I'm gonna share it on my wall. We're gonna hold you accountable. You know why? Because I believe that your vibe attracts your tribe. And dude, we are a community that celebrates winning. And we're here to ride or die with you through the rough patches of life. When the shocks go out on that car, we're gonna ride along with you even though it makes our teeth chatter because we know that smooth ground is ahead for you. And so post it. We want, to share, we want to share it with you. If there's any value we can add to the journey, know that we're going to do everything that we can because we are here for you. Man, woo, baby. I love it, man. I, I am so appreciative of, of every single word that you just spit on the audience because it is truth. You said something that I love. Your vibe attracts your tribe. I could tell you what, you are 100. I never heard it that way, right? We all kind of put our own spins on things. But that is so damn true. Mm-hmm. Guys, he has just dropped tons and tons of value. We could probably talk for another 10 hours to do when it stopped dropping value. But they need to know where to find you. They need to know what is coming up. You know, what do you have to promote where they could stalk you, creep on you? Give them everything, brother. Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram. It's Cody underscore Jefferson. You can connect me on Facebook at Cody Jefferson. Uh, you can jump onto EmbraceTheLine.org. We've also got a brand, so we've got a new course launching that is gonna take everything that I have done in coaching in helping move people from where they are to where they want to be to help them overcome every limiting belief in every area of their life and create massive success and impact. It's called Pain to Power. So it's pain I, I, like the Roman numeral two, power.com. By the time this podcast releases, that website and that opportunity will be live. And there are so many bonuses that are going to come with this because for somebody who does high ticket coaching, what I've realized is while I love working one-to-one with powerful individuals. The the greatest call on my life is to help impact as many people as I can. So we've created this opportunity, which does include group coaching, which does include a lot of accountability, includes face-to-face time with with me, with several others in my circle. I want people to win. And so pain to power, I, I, pain, I, I, power, pain to power.com. Listen, that is where you find me. If you want to find me in a group, we've got about 12,000 people in one of our Facebook groups called Embrace the Line Mastermind. So if you go to facebook.com slash group slash ETL Mastermind, you can find my wife and I in there dropping uh, just ways in which we feel we might help you move forward on a daily basis, a lot of interaction. So we'd love to have you. But yeah, look me up, shoot me a message. We'd love to continue the conversation and add any value to your life in any way that I can. Thank you so much, guys. Make sure you go follow him, creep on him. Once again, I, I do appreciate you taking some time out today and, and the vulnerability, the realness. What I love about you is not just your tattoos, but not just you. We got the same kind of ball fade going on, but I love the vulnerability. And, and I think it just um, it, it allows others to be vulnerable and share their story, which reveals new versions of themselves every single day. So I appreciate you, man, for jumping on here and, and 
spitting the truth, value, and changing some damn lives. Guys, go follow him. Make sure, look, go get into the group, if anything. If you're not willing to invest that much money right now, even if it's $1,000, it's well worth it. $10,000, it's well worth it because it's going to change your life. But at least step your foot into the door and take action by going into his group and following him on all his uh, social media platforms. Any last words of wisdom, advice, or knowledge you want to drop on these guys? You have the potential to be anything that you choose to be in this life. And I need you to hear that because it can go in a, a variety of directions. You, through everything that you are doing daily, the ways, the, the circles that you are keeping, the friends that you are keeping, the influences in your life, the narratives that you keep speaking to yourself will lead to several different paths. It's up to you to decide and to take ownership of what path you are going to walk down and to take action, which means you walk toward it. The only difference between John or me or you or anybody else, like I know what it is to hit bottom. I know what it is to leave a position and not have a backup plan and not have any money coming in. I know what it is to go through loss. I know what it is to win. I know what it is to be at the top of the game and then have it cut out from it. I know what it is. And I know what it is to take control of life and to create a life that you actually, it sounds so hokey, but you don't need a vacation from because there's so much gratitude and appreciation and service and love that every day you wake up and you say, I can't, I can't believe this is my life. It is, it is possible for you and it's up to you. Nobody can do it for you. You can't go around it. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. You have to go through it yes 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 go through it guys go through it with massive aggressive annoying action and he will help you along the way just by the shit he posted on you know that obviously the mastermind group or social media go follow him like i said make sure you go ahead and like subscribe to this podcast review it and just do me a huge favor do yourself a favor and somebody else don't be selfish. Share this out to somebody that you know can get value from it. Please do that. And when you drop the review, drop a review about Cody. Just drop something that he had said that maybe changed your life. Maybe it was a breakthrough, an aha. Just drop something to show some gratitude that way as well. Thank you guys very much for tuning in, Cody. Once again, I appreciate it beyond words. I'm glad that we're connecting and uh, we're going to have a long value-adding relationship and guys, go follow me on my social media as always at Real John Marone, the website, johnmarone.com. But until next Tuesday, you guys just keep creating the ultimate version of you. And we'll see you then.